Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Sex and Horror Podcast with authors Dicey Grinner and Chantel Renee. Chantel Renee. Okay. So I'm back in Houston and Chantel is in Houston. Is this our first podcast since I've been back? It is. Okay. Okay. And so, y'all, I was jet lagged for like the first week that I was in Italy. And I don't know what was going on that last week, I think, because I was there two weeks. And I think I kind of got acclimated. But since I've been back, I've been back a week now. It has been me going to bed around 930 and getting up around six. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is normal for, I guess, most humans when they work like you like you do. But that's not normal for you. It's not. It's not normal for me. Like I'm, I'm ready to go to bed right now. So let's see. If it's nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one, two, three, four. It would only be four a.m. there. So it's not like it was that worked either. Uh, but you know, I'm. We'll going, make this quick. Yeah, I'm going through the changes. So sleep is just one of those things. Ooh, girl, you are preaching to the choir this week. I have been feeling it. Hot flashes. Yeah, they're coming on strong. They are. I'm like, oh, Lord, I either burned as a witch in my last lifetime or I'm getting hot flashes. <laughs> Girl, I think, let me see, I took my daughter shopping. She had homecoming Saturday, and so I took her shopping for it. She had the homecoming game and then a homecoming dance, so for the dance. Aww. And one time, so we got out of the car, and I was mad because they gave me um, my coffee with ice, and I always get it hot, but uh, the ice is exactly what I needed, because she was looking at me, and this is drinking it cold. Mm-hmm. And she was looking at me, she was like, why are you sweating? <laughs> was, I was just standing at the register just pouring mm-hmm. sweat. And that's why. Oh boy. But okay. So I just got uh earlier today I recorded my sixth episode, my sixth season, um sixth time going on the GP3 website. I mean uh podcast and I do my top ten for the year, top ten horror flicks for the year. I did that earlier today. And this is the sixth year that I've done that with that podcast. And But to let you know, since we talked before, I had a chance to watch Exorcist Believer. And I loved it. You were right about that one. I agree with you 100%. I love that one. What I have not been able to get a hold of is when evil, evil lurks. lurks. Yeah. Bitch, I, I will go with you to the theater. I Oh, my God, you got to see it. You got to see yeah. it. And and you were you were in the back of my mind, so I had to say during that episode, I have not seen this one yet, FYI. So it it would probably be on my list, but it's not on here yet. And you saw that's that was the um, the screening was when I was in Italy, so I missed it. Right, that was a screening. So I don't think it's even out yet. I think it comes out like this week or the next week. No, it's out. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, mama, it's out. Because a lot of people I know have seen it. Now, I don't think it was that popular because it was, well, popular. It's not an American-done film. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. You know, I'm good with that. Okay, well, I'll go back. Maybe it's just in select theaters then. Yeah, possibly. Okay. All right, but so I haven't gotten a hold of that one, but you, you made me want to see that for sure. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Have you seen Saw 10 yet? No. <laughs> yeah, you still haven't gotten to that. Okay. Uh, here's one. How about No One Will Save You? I did see that. Okay, did you like that one? It was good. It was very tense, right? Yeah, okay. And I also had a chance to see It Lives Inside. And I oh, remember okay. That one. Yes, that's right. It was good. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Well, there were some parts in the beginning I almost turned it off. <laughs> I, I, I was almost too bored. But, um, yeah, it, when it picked up somewhere towards the middle, I watched it from there on, and I was really enjoying that. And that's the one that I told you I really thought the kills were creative. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. 
All right, so what what do we have tonight? Because we don't have a guest and whatever. I remember we talked when I was in Italy and we came up with this three plan on what we we're going to do next. And I wrote it down while I was there and I don't know where that paper is. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who may follow us, you probably should message us at some point and let us know what we're planning on doing. <laughs> Did I say it? I don't think I said it on the mic, though. I don't think I re- I said it while we were recording. It was that was a pre-discussion. Oh, oh yeah. well, you see, there. I don't uh, even remember when we talked about it. Oh Lord, yeah, we weren't live, but um, I also have not gotten to Mike Flanagan's show that's out now, The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, it's so good. No, and I and I already know that one's going to be good. I have loved everything else he has put out. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Have you seen Bird Box Barcelona? No, was it good? I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed Bird Box. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not anything really original anymore since it's, it's the Barcelona version of Bird Box that we've already seen. But it is, it is good. Hmm, okay. It might be a bit more intense than the one here. Oh, you know what? Hmm. And, I, and I meant to say this then, too, but... It's told from a different perspective. And I think mm. that's what makes it. So it's told from the perspective. You remember they had different types of people. You had the people who couldn't see. Mm. And you had they, uh, the people, if you saw it, you would go towards it, right? Right. You would go to imminent death. And then you had those people that would deliberately try to force people to see it. Oh, yes. And it's told from that perspective of the person mm-hmm. who tried to force them to see it. Interesting. Which I thought, which, yeah, which I thought was uh, which was a pretty good angle. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So what you got? Um, well, as far as shows go, I just started... Um, the new American horror. I've seen the first episode. It was interesting. Um, I just have to say these Kardashian girls, I mean, God love them, but my goodness, I don't understand why you got to get your lips like that. I mean, it's insane. It's like, it is literally like sausages, like on their, like, (laughs) look, I, I, you know, you know, me and American horror story have a love hate relationship I stopped watching somewhere around season four because I thought every season had the same formula. In the very beginning, it was the the most masterful thing that I've ever watched. And then somewhere towards the middle, it just drops all the way into Never Never Land. And then it never comes back up to a satisfying ending. The endings always bother me so much. And I I just got so tired of of that happening, I stopped. But I tell you what, even if I had been watching them, I would not watch this season just because she is in that, that show. Really? I, I'm that mad, and I'm just that sick of seeing them. Yes. <laughs> if I had been watching, I wouldn't watch just because they put her in it. Yeah, I was, I've never seen her before. Like, I've seen shots, like, steals of her. But it was like that moment when I watched them. Um, and I'm not trying to hate on the woman. I mean... I just wish she hadn't done all these things to herself. That's all I'm saying. Um, and I don't understand how people see beauty in it. But anyway, um, it I was think, that. It I was that. Gorgeous. I would say that I think she's beautiful. I think she's gorgeous. But she, she's beautiful without all the enhancements. I feel like. I just absolutely cannot stand. Um, and and I I guess I feel I feel like I need to clarify this so that I don't sound like a hater. But even if I do sound like a hater, it's okay. Um, I am oh I am her rise to fame. No disrespect to anybody who goes that route, but how I like I don't see the talent, and so I'm so sick. There are so many talented people. I'm so sick of them being pushed in my face. Day in, day out. I can't go anywhere online without their names being there. I am so bothered by that when there's so many people with so much talent and they are able to have a complete uh, dynasty behind 
her fame and how she got to be famous. You, you know the story behind that. So, and I'm just so disturbed when there's so many talented people. There's so many different talented people that could have been in that role, but I, people for some reason just keep throwing them in everything. I feel like I think it's just because I feel like it's just a like a horrible car accident. People just love to see what the wreckage is going to be next. You know, if like I, it's it's just. One drum, one dramatic thing after the next. It's not that what's ha- what what they're going through is so horrific. It's just that they do it in such a dramatic way that it makes everybody feel like they have to stop and watch. You know, it's just silly. Wow. But I, I will I, say this: the first time I saw her on screen speak, like when she first started talking in the show in this first episode. And I saw her mouth moving. It, I, I had a flashback to that moment with uh, Courtney Cox and that big Joker smile she has now. <laughs> and the first time I saw her screaming on on screen and I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with all this plastic surgery? Why are people doing this? We do not look human anymore. I mean, it's insane. Well, I will say that I don't know what I would, you know, how I would feel about getting stuff done, you know, in another few years. Like if I'm 55 and I want to tighten my face or something, I don't know how I feel about that. As of right now, I don't want to do any of that. But um, I have. You can, and I, this and is going to be your lips. I usually try to stay away from talking about people, their plastic surgeries or not, their looks, their... You know, their I don't opinions. care. I actually try to... This this particular family, I must say, this is... And I can't think of anybody else I'd be more bothered by than this particular family. I am just so disturbed. And I have gone so far as to try to mute the name everywhere that I can because it's constantly being fed and I don't want to interact with it because I don't, and I know how the social media and the algorithm and all that works. I don't want to comment and say, why, why am I seeing this? Why is it, you know, I don't want to say anything at all because then they're just going to keep showing me more and more and more. But this has been years for me, years. I have avoided anything having to do with them and it still keeps showing like every other post. Why? It's so weird. It's it's just, I don't know. It's it has the only thing I can think of is people that are fans. There's fans out there that that love it and they just can't get enough. But it's like it's the same thing. People go, oh, T- Taylor Swift isn't the best musician, but this bitch is winning over and over and over. Thousands of people love her. That's why I tell people, from the age twelve into eighteen, these are the humans that are ruling our planet because they are the ones on the internet. They are the ones loving and liking and following all these people. Mm-hmm. They are the ones, you know, downloading all that music and, and watching all those reality TV shows. That is the, and the majority of us, as we age, as you well know, less and less of us are alive. I just found out like three people that I didn't know, but three people that close friends of mine knew have passed in just the last two, two three weeks. So, you know, we are thinning out. That herd is full. <laughs> well, you know what? They're young. Taylor Swift is talented. She's a oh, songwriter. Yeah. No, no, no. She's a singer. She's a performer and an entertainer. I love, I, I don't mind her at all. Yeah. If Even if we don't, even, whether you're a fan of her genre of music or whatever, she's clearly talented. She's, she's a yeah. powerhouse in talent. So I understand that. I get that. Mm-hmm. I just don't get that. That family being shoved, the other family being, and I, I don't even want to say their name, <laughs> being shoved in my face everywhere I go. It just, and it bothers me. And, well, for someone but, who don't like them, we're talking too much about Yeah. It. I was but, just talking about the sausage lips. It was too much. They, they were just too much. <laughs> so, and, there, and now she's in the show. Yeah. I, <laughs> this would have been, I would... I would have deliberately skipped this season if I had still been watching. Oh, yeah. Well, I will say what I am looking forward to. And today's date is the 20. What's the day? <sighs> I'm sweating. Today, today is the 24th. October 24th. So in just a few days on Hulu, if you have Hulu people, uh, they will be releasing the American Horror Story anthology. And that's short little stories um, for Halloween. 
that American Horror Story has filmed. So I enjoy those. Those are fun. So if you like Halloween treats and tricks and fun stuff, you might check that out. Okay. Sounds good. Speaking of Halloween, I (laughs) thought we could have some fun talking about Halloween because we are at, at the at the threshold of it, I'm so sad it's already almost over. I feel like we just barely started celebrating. <laughs> uh, oh dear God, I just it just made me think if if Halloween is coming up, then that means that I only have a few days for some other deadlines that I have coming up. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We you know, I mean, I feel like we got to June. And then, of course, it was blazing hot here, like the gates of hell opened. (laughs) We were all inside being miserable, and it felt like it was forever. But then my eyes opened, and all of a sudden, we're in October. So how did that happen? I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. See, she's she's having the hot flash, y'all. She's fanning herself. I just look at that. You can see my sweat. And I and and if I weren't on camera, I just take this shirt off. I just be like, it's gotta go. Same, same. <laughs> All right. So I thought we could talk about some Halloween fun. Oh, you know what? Before I move on, you mentioned you finished your trip. You're back here. Was there anything else about your trip that you wanted to say? Or because you were in Rome and then you went to the coast one day. How was the coast? Mm-hmm. The coast was absolutely beautiful. It was amazing. It was, um, you know, it was, I, it's, the pictures and videos just don't do it justice. You know what I'm saying? Like being there, just being, I, I felt like it was fresh air and I mean, it, it was pretty crowded. Like there were a lot of people, but I didn't feel like it was too much because yeah. people brought happy energy you know it's good yeah so it was good energy because i was thinking it's so beautiful the scenery is so beautiful right if Mm -hmm. there was no one if all the people were gone would it have the same effect and i feel like it would be dead it would feel more like a ghost city it would um like so i believe some of the beauty comes from the energy of the people Yes, the architecture and the structure of Amalfi Coast and Positano and all that is immaculate, looks beautiful, but the people bring their own energy too because they, I think everybody's just happy to be there. And it's so, so I think all of it is kind of feeding on on each other. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you've got this beautiful scenery and it's uplifting everybody's spirit. And so everybody's spirit is feeding into the scenery also and they're feeding off of each other. And mm. so it was just a, it was just an all around good light feeling to be mm. there to me. So we got the water on this side, I got the mountain on this side, and then and, and you know, so I, I I imagine I was thinking like, is this somewhere that I could live? Like if I were here, would I be okay with this every day? And I I think so, but you know. Um, I kind of like a little bit more variety too. So I would just really just be out eating backrest. So it, it's probably a good place if you don't want to do anything else, but just relax and chill, mm. you know? Um, and I'm, okay. I'm not quite there yet. Like there's still a whole lot more that I want to accomplish before I just kind of go into complete chill mode. But if I were going to retire or something, I think I'd be really happy just sitting there and being inspired by the surroundings. Nice. That's so great. Yeah. That sounds be- that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, last week, I think it was probably the same day you were flying home. I was mm-hmm. invited to a private birthday party, which was also kind of a, a preview or my, a walkthrough, if you will, of the new Ravenwolf Manor that lawyer Douglas II has opened out in Navasota, Texas. So Ravenwood Manor, you can look it up, hashtag Ravenwood Manor um, on Instagram or TikTok. Um, I was floored. It was, Hmm. he was the the curator and and the majority, the, the main creator at the Wild Collection before it was, 
destroyed and then he tried to rebuild but the other owner was not having it so he had to separate and break ties and now he went and he's created his own thing so he's made a, be- a bed and breakfast and a an event uh in um what do you call it um location and event place um and so he had a small gathering for his birthday and a bunch of people got to go out so my husband and i got to go this place i i, I cannot wait to take you dicey Guys, no, you have to you have to be approved. He, you just can't walk in and say, I want to stay here. He is going to be selective about who he allows. Of course he is. He had an arson take out his last business, kill a bunch of his animals and, and loved uh, family pets, and almost kill like a dozen or so people in his business. So he's not going to take chances this time. But if you know somebody... And he can, you know, do reference. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but he is going to definitely be a little bit more cautious. But this place is, it was just breathtaking. It's set in an old Victorian home. It's got four stories. The yard, the yard is insane. It's huge, beautiful yard. Um, Wraparound porch. You go up into the manor. And as soon as you walk in, I mean, it's just, I mean, if anybody ever visited the wild collection or even if you did not, you should try to look it up um, and, or look under his account, PT Hirsch, H E A R S H. I think anyway. Um, and you can see the wild collection was nothing compared to what he's done. Um, mm. The, the bedrooms, every, every, everything you've seen there from the comforters to all of the, the lampshades, the fabrics, even he's covered the walls like they used to back in the day in fabric. And um, it is just breathtaking. Everything in there he did by hand. Uh, he has a Dracula room, an Edgar Allan Poe room, and a Dorian Gray room. And then he has his Victorian morning wagon mm-hmm. outside. So technically he has four bedrooms for bed and breakfast. And he doesn't really want to get more than that because, you know, you, it's, it's one of those things you want to have fun and intimacy is you know, something different. You know, he has an oddities room. I don't think he's calling it oddities. He's calling it the curiosities room. Um, Then he took us upstairs to the attic. And in the attic was this huge row, like this big line of all these clothes. And they're all dated from the late 1800s, early 1900s, all the way through like 1980s. And they're all these clothes because it used to be a funeral parlor. Mm. So it's all these clothes that were collected up there. Um, it's the original wallpaper. It's just so incredible. To me, it felt very much like getting to walk into the past. Like somebody locked that up and then it's like this little treasure box you get to walk in. I mean, he had the 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 men's long underwear. He had a a bunch of those up there like oh my gosh that's crazy you know like you haven't you don't see stuff like that outside of a museum so it's yeah it's like a museum this really creepy fun museum that i love <laughs> but i cannot wait to have you go out and and guys like i can't stress enough if this is something that you would find interesting check it out hashtag ravenwood manor you're going to just be floored. It's beautiful. And I am so excited. He has birthed this into the world um, because people are just going to love it. Um, How far uh, is it? It's Navasota from my house is one hour. So probably from your house, it's two and a half hours. Mm. Um, But it's like just out, it's between College Station and Conroe. So it's like right in between. And it's not hard to get to. It's really easy. It's a cute little town. Um, if you go to the Renaissance Festival here in Texas, you're only 20 minutes from his place. So I'm going to be having a private event there for my 50th birthday. I'm so excited. Coming up. And you got a yes, month. Yes, it is. Whew, Lord, I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to be on a diet and it's just like, oh. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that, that's, you know, that's a part of the menopause thing too. <laughs> mm. Let me tell you. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting thicker. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. 
Girl, same. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. anyway, so yes, peeps, you so gotta check. That I had to look it up. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? But that's it. Yes, it's no, it's not fair, you guys. Men, I don't care what you say. Yeah, you lose your hair, your balls are droopy, you lose <laughs> your tea, but you can replace all that shit. <laughs> not us. <laughs> everything, everything we go through. Ugh. Anyway, okay, so back to my Halloween fun. So I have some little trivia questions, and I thought I would ask you, but you probably won't know these things. Um, okay, Dicey, mm-hmm. when did trick-or-treating start in America? Oh, God. You need to give me that list and let me ask you. You know, good and well, I'm not going to know dates like that. You're well, going to know stuff. What, okay, so you asked, when did trick-or-treating start? In America. In America. Trick-or-treating started in America um, in the 50s. Close, but not really. You're 30 (laughs) years off. It started in 1920. (laughs) However, trick-or-treating actually was something that came from Europe in the 16th century. Did you know that? Nope. Okay, so the Celtic holiday, Samhain which is actually November 1st. It's the same holiday that the, that the Mexicans celebrate in Mexico, um, Day of the Dead. So it's a celebration for your ancestors. But in the Celt times, they would celebrate it the night before because from like 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, this was when they felt the veil between worlds was thin. Okay? So they would celebrate all night to, to give their ancestors foods and things that they would enjoy and then basically they would dress up to kind of fool any ghouls that were walking around because they really felt like the veils thin between worlds so there could be dead literally walking the streets so they would dress up as ancestors or something else like a, a monster themselves so that they would not be um, harmed. They literally thought this. Now, the tradition of trick-or-treating is a little bit different, and the actual um, phrase trick-or-treat came from a gentleman who wrote it in a paper back in... I'm trying to find it for you guys. He wrote a newspaper article. His name was Barry Popik. P-O-P-I-K. Popik. Um, so he wrote a, um, a little information back in 1927. It was an Alberta newspaper article reporting on pranksters demanding tricks or treats at houses. So they used to play little pranks on each other. Um, as you know, back in the fifties, I think it was when world of worlds happened. Do you remember when that happened? It was on a Halloween night. And of course this was before television. So do you know that story? Mm-mm. Go ahead, tell me. Okay. Well, so, um, oh my gosh, what was his name? Everybody's like, this was his name because I'm the worst. Okay, so there was a famous um, uh, radio show that was on, and they started to play their episode for the night, and then it got interrupted by this attack of aliens. <laughs> so oh, this I is. We'll save you. Yes, Orwell, Orwell Wells, or I can't remember his first name. So or, Orwell Wells, I think is his name. So this was War of the Worlds, as we know it now. It started on, it was a radio show prank done on Halloween night to make people think the world was being invaded by aliens. And it actually created a huge panic in America because people really thought the world was being invaded by aliens. So this was a trick, right? Of course, back then, it was much earlier that tricks or treat pranks were being done on people that they would knock on the door, say trick or treat. But yes, in the 1920s, people would dress up and um, yeah, go around and, and, and be in costume. Now, they would actually go around and in the 15th century and knock on doors. This was tradition. And they would say, I'm here for a soul cake. Yes, it was just a little tiny cake created 
to represent the soul of your dead, your loved dead one. Um, and yeah, this was something that they would give to each other as, you know, oh, you know, I'm giving you thanks and I'm giving you, you know, giving this to you for your, your ancestors or what have you. So they felt that this also played into the idea of trick or treat, like getting treats by going door to door. Um, it all kind of blended together as, as many things in the world we live in, it was adopted into Christianity, Catholicism, Christianity, and became a religious, I'm quotating here, quotating religious holiday from that point on. When did they start to consider it an evil thing? Well, America really was the, the driving force, if you will, of commercializing Halloween, right? The cutesy little ghosts and pumpkins because, I mean, in Europe, they use turnips instead of uh, jack-o'-lanterns. So in America, they created, uh, and the turnips were done, hollowed out, and lights were put in them uh, put in them, and put at the doors to ward off evil spirits, okay? But in America, it became like a cutesy, fun thing to decorate. And it was just like with um, Christmas, right? Christmas was a religious thing, and then all of a sudden, it blew up with Coca-Cola, Santa Claus, and, you know, all these things happen. It's the same thing. They did the same thing with Halloween here, and they made it into something fun and different, and, yeah, so people would celebrate and do something on that night and spend money. <laughs> yeah, but then how did, the, how did the Puritanicals turn it into something that was... You know, all the all the evil is going to be lurking the earth, and there's a thin veil between evil and all the. You know, it, it's it's it so was, much so now that they people are afraid of rituals being done and sacrifices and stuff like that. When did that happen? Well, because it came from back in the 15th, 16th century, it came from the Celtic, um, witchy era. So. Mm -hmm. Then it was not that people were, when they practiced it, they were not looking at it as evil. When right. Christianity came around, they decided it was evil. Okay. And that, yeah, right. so it, 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 they were like, oh, you're, you're trying to contact the dead and have all these rituals. When all they were doing was simply honoring their ancestors who had passed the night before. Right, okay. Yeah. So another, you know, afraid of the unknown thing. So let's just make it, call it an evil thing to stay away from. Mm -hmm, exactly. Now I have a question for you. Okay. My lawyer friend. Uh-oh. How many children have actually been injured by Halloween candy and been hospitalized and or killed? In America? Yeah. A thousand. Zero. <laughs> it's zero so this is a um uh what do you call it not a rumor a um myth a myth yeah a myth um there has never been any major catastrophes for children having gotten halloween candy the, the most major catastrophe is when they open candy and there's like maggots in it because the manufacturer yeah had a bad batch or something <laughs> There has been some, a few cases here and there that candy ha was tampered with, but it's never resulted in a child death. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't check your candy, folks, because nowadays even a little pinprick could be something being inserted in candy. I will tell you this true story. So the other day, my husband was driving home from work and there was a homeless guy on the side of the road. And he's like, hey, I didn't finish this out of my lunch and he like pulled out some stuff he's like do you want this food and the guy's like man he's like i wish i could but i'm gonna have to pass and he's like i promise you it's like it's for you saw me take it out of my bag he's like no i'm poisoned so often mm. so people are total douches you know especially of course to that world right the vagrants the the sex workers they always want to try to take advantage of these folks and hurt people because they think they can get away with it. But okay. just, to not, just to be on the safe side, still always check your candy. But thus far, there's been zero deaths because of Halloween candy. Deaths? What about injuries? 
Well, like I said, there was a few injuries, but nothing serious enough to cause any permanent damage. Okay. So it's like, I don't know, like maybe some idiot wasn't looking close enough and their kid stuck something in their mouth that had a piece of glass or something sticking out and it cut them or something. Um, so if you use your eyes, you would see, you know, child never really swallowed, swallowed it and that sort of thing. Okay, so this I thought was an interesting statistic. Now, Dicey, we all know that you like to go outside under a full moon naked and wiggle around. <laughs> but only when it's on a Halloween night, guys. This is only the only time she'll do it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, not, not, not this body. <laughs> oh, right? So My, my 20-year-old body, maybe. <laughs> well... She 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 doesn't keep a twenty year old in her closet and stick him outside. She just means when she was twenty, <laughs> right? When I'm, when my twenty year old body. Anyway, uh, the last and yeah, not the one I keep in the refrigerator. This body. <laughs> okay, so the last full moon on Halloween night actually happened in twenty twenty. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh. And not too long after COVID came out, so maybe it's a good thing. Our mm. next okay. our next full moon on Halloween does not happen until twenty thirty-nine. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because this the full moon for this month is happening this coming weekend and Halloween doesn't come till Tuesday next week. Right. Okay. Yeah. Twenty thirty nine though, like that's a long time. It is, right? Mm. Like a very long time. Okay. All right. So I think that was all my little trivia I looked up. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's say I was going to do some magic for Halloween. Do you have a sex ritual or some kind of sex <laughs> magic in there this year? <laughs> some kind of spell or something, some hocus pocus we could use? Well, here's the thing for you female witches, listen up, and some of you already know. Um, as far as sex work, it's always best to do with a partner. And it's difficult to do because when you come to your climax, you actually have to completely envision your intention towards what it is you're trying to create. Not only you, but your partner too. So I don't know about you guys, but it's sometimes hard to think about anything <laughs> <laughs> in those moments, um, much less making sure your partner's thinking of that too, unless you have like a, a, a board that you can be staring at or something. Um, but for females, solo practitioners, and you and I are off this, um, off this list, but menstrual blood is the best thing uh, uh, next to sex magic too, because it is blood and blood is always something that is it, it represents life, it represents you, it represents almost like a sacrifice because when you've had your period and you shed, I'm sorry, when you're having a period, you're shedding a life that, that could have been. Okay. So we don't have that anymore, you and I, which I'm not complaining about personally. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just have to sacrifice, you know, something else. We'll figure it out <laughs> to get the things we want in life. Yeah, you know, I, I absolutely do not miss that part of life for, for not not one second of it. But I do uh, have a sense of regret not knowing about all the things that I could have done with it for the 30 years that I had it. Uh, it wasn't until like the, the last couple of years that I started discovering all the things, all the womb magic, all the, the uh, menstrual blood magic that I could have been doing. And that, that I had no clue about then. So I, I yeah. wish I had yeah. known then. I would, definitely wouldn't want that to experience that ever again. I'm glad that's over. But I, I wish I would have known more about that when I had the chance. Yes, and for you young ladies listening or women who still have your cycle, look into it. You will find that it is something that can happen and uh, do good things for you for your life and and just help you find your energy and balance in your practice mm -hmm. wow. 
But no, Samhain's a great time. Halloween night is just a great time to connect with your ancestors. When you are um, doing your things on Halloween, everyone, just put a little something out on a plate and say, this is for my people. This is for Mm -hmm. who we were. Burn a little incense or light a candle and just let it uh, burn through the night. Uh, Put it somewhere safe. I always recommend on your oven in something. So if you have animals, it doesn't get knocked down. Um, Or in my case, (laughs) my dog be up there. He'll be, my dog would be on the counter eating the offering that's supposed to be for the ancestors. (laughs) So find a safe place to put these things. But throughout the evening until the next day for All Saints Day is the time your ancestors can hear you. And sometimes it's good. Maybe you don't know who your ancestors were. So put something there that represents them. Uh, A lot of times when I do an altar, I will bring, like I have a, um, a skull of a horse you know, I, I come from actually native blood on both sides of my family. Um, so a horse is something that they would be familiar with. Um, maybe you are connected to them through a certain type of tree or through a certain type of food, or you just want to put pictures. You can do pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't think of any ancestors I want to connect with. I mean, how, is there, is there a way to um, get a particular ancestor trait? You know, like of the of the ancestors that I know, like they they weren't where I would want to be. But let's say that there's an ancestor that was super wealthy at some point. Is there a way to call on uh, an ancestor or try to meet? Or leave an offering for an ancestor that you've never met, never heard of, don't know, that could have been like more in a, in a better place? Well, here's the thing. Ancestral magic is not about what the havingness is of, of their life. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about wealth or fame or fortune. It wasn't about those things. So a bloodline that you're connected to, you're drawing from their life experience, from their energy that they created and manifested because maybe they didn't have a pot's pissing, but they survived in a time where women died, you know, by the time they were 30, they lived till they were 50, you know? So there's this fight, this will, this strength that you're pulling from, from, Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing. You don't have to know who they are. That's Mm -hmm. why I said you can put like, I don't know who my great, great, great grandparents were on my grandfather or my mother's side, but I do know the tribes they came from. So I could put things out that represent those tribes. You see, um, you could do that with any of your, you know, and any of the ancestral, uh, past that, you know, you are from whatever part of the world, you know, you were from whatever area, you know, they were from. Um, I mean, we, my family is all rooted through Texas and Mexico. So uh, on both sides. So I, I'm lucky in that way. I guess I can, I can go outside and grab a handful of the dirt, you know, that's here in Texas and it represents my family. So think about things like that. You want to throw things down on, on the altar, create something nice for the night. Um, in the Mexican world, you use sugar skulls, photos, um, and just different little cakes and treats and stuff, honey, any kind of alcohol liquor is a big draw because I can't imagine any time that there was no alcohol, even. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always been some form of alcohol that people have created. Um, even if it's just, uh, like the fruit that, that you leave out that, you know, gets that property if you leave it in something, but the whole concept is, is that you want to connect to what your people had and, and grew and draw from their strength to help propel you through your future, to make that next goal, to, to reach that next level, to push yourself to that next thing that you want to do. Even if it's just as simple as paying off a credit card, if you just need the energy to work those extra hours to make sure you do that, or you worry that your children aren't having enough uh, people around them that could, that could give them good sense, right? Like I can't be with my kids all the time and I can't make them choose better 
but perhaps an ancestor could be with them and help them, even if it, they, they nudge something, nudge them a certain way or push something in their mind to remind them that this thing could be a potential issue for them if they try to go for it. Whether it's sneaking out of the house and getting drunk or taking off someone they don't really know, you know, those are the things, those are the guidance, those are the things your ancestors can do for you in your life. Oh, okay. That was brilliantly said. Thank you for that. That was very educational. I hope um, that information can get out to the people it needs to get out to who, that listen to this this podcast. Yes, and share it, guys. Send it to someone. We love entertaining people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so much so that even when we're tired or out of the country <laughs> or whatever, out of the continent, <laughs> we still record. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> come over here and we still do this. So we have an event coming up uh, Saturday at Wildcatter Saloon. Uh, it is an affiliation of the Houston Horror Film Festival. This is a pop-up market and concert, right? Metal concert? Yeah, I don't know who's playing. They've, they've listed it, but I can't recall who is playing. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with the band, but um, I look forward. It's to, always fun. Yeah, I, I look forward to hearing the music. I don't have my tent yet, or my table, or any of that stuff. At some point, <laughs> actually, I was planning when I was getting my week together. I looked and I saw, oh, okay, well Wednesday, I don't have to do these type of hearings, so I can work on this, 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 this. And then I got a call today that I need to go do uh, some stuff tomorrow. So even that one. <laughs> This week, <laughs> I'm scrambling Friday night or hell. What time do we need to be there Saturday? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have to set up any tents, so I'm not. Mm-mm. Oh, that's right. Uh, Jay Mazer, you're, you're. Well, Jay isn't going to be there. She has changed oh. that. Yeah, oh. she's changed it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it just happened. I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about it. <laughs> oh, uh, so y'all, either one of y'all are going? Well, the plan was I was going to come hang out with you, and then I just got offered a table on Saturday at the Right Space event. Oh, hell. <laughs> the one of y'all are going to be there? <laughs> I'm, well, I was planning on coming to hang out with you. <laughs> y'all were but, the only reason why I booked this. <laughs> well, I don't know. The universe does what it does. Maybe there's a reason for you to be there. I don't oh, know. Well, well, are y'all using the tent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a tent. Uh, I use my sister's whenever I need one. Jay has her own, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, that's a bummer. That's a real bummer. No, it doesn't have to be. Everybody go party with Dicey at her tent. <laughs> now I'm going to be at the Wildcatter Saloon thing by myself. Uh, with like a hundred people from the Houston <laughs> Horror Film Festival. That is not the same, and you know it. <laughs> well, it wasn't my intention. I was planning on being with you all day and um, just bugging you at your tent, just hanging out with you. That was it. And then they asked me to do Saturday, which I don't have to do. I could still come to Wildcatters. I don't really care, to be honest. No, go, go make your money. You're selling books there. Um, well, I'll have, yeah, I'll have my new anthology. Okay. But wherever you go, well, if that's where you're going to sell, where you can sell the best, I guess, is where you should go. Well, I don't have a table at Wildcatters. Uh, Remember, I was going to, I was going to be at Jay's table. Yeah. Well, obviously. Well, she already paid for it though, right? She paid. Yeah. But, but she, she let somebody else who was waiting Go ahead and take hers. They have a long list of vendors that want to go. And when the spots sell fast, they have other people that are like, if anybody cancels, please let me know. Like, And she was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Mostly her situation, she has a book uh, release party that night. And it's closer to town. So Wildcatters was really going to put her in a weird location. So I, I didn't want to cause any any ruffles so i said okay we can do um, the next event yeah well you are welcome to come sell at my table if you want it's up to you well i may just do that because i don't know if i want to be in right space all day on saturday <laughs> aren't y'all doing something friday night 
Yes, I'm going to be um, at the open mic, and also there's a table there. They're, they have the vendors going on Friday night. You can come Friday night and hang out with me. There's I have a, I have a, a whole six foot table, and I'm only using three feet. So if you want to come do that, but um, there's also an open mic, and I think I might be performing. So. Oh, so that's Friday night. Yes. Okay, and Saturday is. They're doing like, okay, so for anybody who listens to our show because you write, or you're interested in becoming a writer, uh, the Write Space, which is W-I-R-W-R-I-T-E Space, um, is doing an event to help people at any level that you are as an author, but especially those that are no vice, that are in the very beginning stages. Um, Saturday, they're going to have breakout events, I mean events. Um, what do you call that when you sit and you talk to someone? Oh my gosh, my brain. <laughs> mm. um, I'm getting the emails because it's um it's a it's called the writers reunion or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, you'll be able to sit down and have various workshops. That's the word. There's going to be workshops all day Saturday. There's going to be uh, times to they have like what's called speed dating, which just basically means you're going to sit with another author and see. If you guys jive and then you guys could end up helping one another critique through your, your writing, um, become each other's writing partner, that sort of thing. It's a unique idea that I think could work out nice. And um, yeah, just overall give you great tools to get started as an author. Um, and then you'll have some people vending there, selling books, talking about what they do. So if you want to come out and do that, you are more than welcome to do so. I think it's like 40 bucks for the whole weekend. And um, you get all this advice and stuff. For I mean, 40 bucks is nothing for a writer's event. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you can tell, we have a busy weekend coming up. Uh, and those are, those are some great events in Houston for you all. If you're looking for something to get into, something to go do. There's the pop-up market on Saturday, and there's the Right Space Reunion on Friday and Saturday. Yes. So, all right. Well, I guess we have knocked out another episode of this wonderful podcast. And thank you, all you millions of listeners. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd is going wild. Continue to share our podcast with your friends and let us know if you have any suggestions or um, if you want to be a guest or something. By the way, we do have a guest coming up. I need to get the information to you. Don't let me forget. Okay. Okay. Reached out to me, um, an author. So awesome. Yeah, I want to be able to get that information to you in advance. I booked. I booked it out for November because I knew October was. We were. We we had too much going on. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Thank you. Kisses.